welcome to another episode of The Mentors Who Made Me. Today, we're speaking to Jennifer Petiglieri. Jennifer is Associate Professor of Organizational Behavior at INSEAD and the author of Couples That Work, a fantastic book on how dual career couples can thrive in love and in work. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Thanks. It's great to be with you. So first off, congrats on your book and you're celebrating the one year anniversary, I think just a few weeks ago. Thank you. Congratulations. You've had a lot of uh, support and following around it, including in my own household. My wife and I uh, are are readers and followers of your book. So thank you for your wonderful work. Always good to hear. And you know, we've chosen it as our grass book of the month in November. So we'll be sharing more about it this month and we look forward to that. So uh, just to kind of kick things off, you have, you definitely have a very unique journey that led you to where you are today. Can you tell us a bit about that and how you got to where you are? Yeah, I guess um, like many late teenagers, I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so, you know, I went to university, I studied um, genetics, as you do. And then I graduated and and went into business, um, really for lack of a better idea. And I have to say at this point, both my parents are academics. So I was absolutely adamant I was never going to become an academic. So I went into business. I was in business for six, seven years. I came back to business school to do my MBA. um, And the, the conscious reason was, you know, to get the next step up. But obviously, the side reason was, you know, to test the water in academia, which I would still never really wanted to join. And I think two weeks into my MBA, I thought to myself, okay, I really do belong in academia. I can't fight it anymore. So then I went back to um, to do my PhD and really transitioned to the academic side. And on the way, I spent some time at the Young Institute studying psychoanalysis in in Zurich. I've spent some time, some period of my career in the US, across Europe. And now I'm a a professor at INSEAD. So I've kind of gone a little bit all over map, but I'm sticking where I am now. And and so just specifically related to the book, we can transition to that a little bit, because I'm obviously very interested in that. Uh, What what sparked the idea for the book uh, in your journey? Yeah, really a couple of things, a combination of personal experience and then working with my research and and the many, many students I teach. So, you know, like many of us, I sort of got married in my early 30s and and in the space of, I think, three years, we got married, did an international move, both changed careers, had two children and bought a house. (laughs) and and it was it it was a little bit tough right yeah to fit all that in and the career change with having children um and things you know it was it was difficult and I think as an academic when I find something difficult I look I go to the library you know and look at books and what research is that out there what can help me and I was really startled to find well that there really wasn't anything there was a lot of things around the work-life balance, you know, who does the washing up and how we can split those things, which was not really my issue. And then the research on careers is very much about your career as if you're flying solo with no strings attached. Well, very few of us are in that position. So I really started to think, okay, if no one's done that research, I'll do that research. You know, that's an interesting topic. And and so that was really the first thing that that got me into the research. And then, you know, I just loved it. So, um, <laughs> You know, five years later and hundreds and hundreds of research interviews later, 
And having published some academic studies on this, I made the decision to write the book because it's just an issue which, well, we know more than two thirds of professionals across the world are, uh, are wrestling with. So the vast majority of us now are in working couples. And just out of, out of you know, I could I talk to you about this forever because it's, it's something that's very near and dear to my heart, obviously, with my wife and I both dual career, uh, a dual career household with two kids. And the only thing that you didn't add was a dog. You had a house. You didn't get any new pets, I'm, I'm guessing, right? Allergic to dogs. So okay. that's been happening. Okay. We, we had a good. hamster at one point. Okay. Yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of level of difficulty, the only other additional things you could have added in there was uh, you bought a new house, you had kids. So uh, I'm curious to know, as, as the, the title of the podcast suggests, about mentoring. And have you had mentors throughout your career that you can remember that really have helped you um, throughout your career? Yeah, I have at different stages, different people. And I would actually say my first real mentor came in high school. Hmm. So long before I was on the career track. Um, yeah, so I've been very fortunate. And was there anything particularly about this mentor in high school that you remember that stuck out? I mean, that's quite a while ago, um, obviously made a big impact. Yeah, I think it was the first. And, and and interestingly, he was the school, what in England we'd call the school caretaker. He's the guy who, you know, moves the desks and sorts the classrooms out and does the cleaning. And he also ran what in England is called the Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme, which is basically a, um, a, a set of sort of challenges for young people to you know do expeditions outside and help the community and he ran that and that's how how i know him and i think he was the first adult who 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 was not in my family and was not a teacher who who really saw me who saw me and could push me in a way that was not what he thought i should do but was in a way that was clearly showing something to me that I wanted, but I hadn't quite sort of found it within myself. Um, and, and I think that's really set the die for me in terms of what a mentor is and what I look for in a mentor. You know, and I think for me, the, tr the true mentor is someone who really takes the time to be curious and sees you for who you really are and then takes that insight and transforms it into a set of opportunities or a piece of advice that really shifts your thinking. And I was just lucky to have that experience very early on. And just if you don't mind me asking, how, how did you end up him? How did he end up becoming your mentor? Was it something that just kind of happened naturally or did you, did you, do you ask? Him? Yeah. So no, <laughs> I wouldn't even know what mentor meant at that point. Yeah, good point. So no, I certainly didn't ask him. And, I, and at the time I would, well, I would not have known that word. So I yeah, wouldn't sure, have thought sure. of it. Um, it happened organically, as I think all good mentoring relationships do, don't they? Yeah, true. Um, you know, and he was facilitating this group and I was in the group and, and um, you know, for whatever reason, we clicked. And, um, and yeah, so it, it was an organic development. Yeah, I certainly didn't ask. Okay, I wouldn't have yeah, known sure. what a mentor was. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm one of the few mentor, mentoring nerds out there. I had a mentor when I was in high school and it was very like programmed. And I, I, I asked the person to be my mentor uh, or it was part of the, my assignment in school. So maybe I was a little mm -hmm. crazy, I guess. But, uh, um, but did, did you still keep contact with him over the years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still do keep contact with him. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. 
So connecting in a little bit with the, 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 the theme of the book, do you see for dual career couples, is there a place for mentoring? I know that um, maybe it's a different type of mentoring, but would you see that as having a, a benefit or being a benefit to those couples? Yeah, so I think, look, everyone can benefit from mentoring. I think um, the reason it's so useful for people in dual career couples and working couples is there's not many role models. So if we look at working couples, the number of us who are in working couples has really exploded in the last two, three decades. So we've not got many of our parents weren't working couples. We haven't got those senior role models to look up to. So if we haven't got role models, then, you know, the only crutch left is mentoring. And I do think um, there are some special things that people in working couples face that people who maybe are not in a working couple don't face. And I think having someone who understands that and can really tailor their conversations and advice to to that aspect is is really important because try as we might, it's impossible to separate home from life, you know, life from, from work. You know, yeah. a lot of people say, you know, I keep these separate. Well, you've only have one body and one mind, you know, there's no way to keep these separate. And I think having someone who's sensitive to the connections between our, our life in our couple, in our family, if we have children and our career is really, really helpful. And so Especially in these strange times that we've everybody, most of the world finds ourselves in having to work from home and sometimes even juggle homeschooling and things like that. Um, I, so I definitely feel that companies I find are having a, a bigger appetite or understanding for this idea of, of, of you know, personal life and work sort of being blended together, at least in, in a temporary, <laughs> hopefully it's temporary. Um, so do you have you looked at or found any particular role models that that you can share with us as as couples that work that might be able to um you know be good good examples of ones that do it well yeah i think there are actually more than you think and i think the first feature of them is that they're not aiming for perfection and so oftentimes when people ask me that question, they're like, who's doing it really, really well and with no problems? I mean, no couple has no problems, but the good couples really know how to work through them. And I think that for me is the couples who, who work through really well. So let's take confinement, which we've all been through and many of us, including me tomorrow, we're going back into, um, you know, of course, it's tough for all working couples, right? Juggling and how do we do this? But I remember talking to one couple back in, well, April. So we were probably three or four weeks into, into confinement. And like everyone else, they were struggling, right? They had uh, three kids at home. They're trying to homeschool. They're trying to keep their jobs going. But what they did really as well is they said, you know, okay, this is going to be tough. It's not perfect. But what we decided to do was to kind of sit down at the end of the day every night and their kids were a little bit older, you know, that you could have this conversation with them and say, okay, what's working well? What's not working well? What does everybody need? And how can we support each other? And, and I was really impressed with that couple because I felt like, you know, first of all, they were accepting there's no perfection in this situation. You know, we're good yeah, enough true. is good. 
Yeah. And secondly, they were looking not just at practical solution, right? Who gets on the broadband and who works where, but they were really looking at the emotional level of the couple and also for them, their children and thinking like, what do we need from each other and how can we support each other? And I think, um, first of all, they're providing an amazing role model for their children. And and they're really trying to get through the the crisis in a very human way. And I sure. think there are a lot of couples out there doing this. Now, we may not look at them and say, well, but they're not both CEOs or anything like that. But when I think of what a successful dual career couple is, I think of people who feel successful in their career and feel it's meaningful and it's what they want to be doing and also feel they have a meaningful family life. Now, that doesn't mean it's great all the time, right? We're still going to face challenges, but it's really about how they approach that. So with, with that, it's a great example that you have there. I'm just reflecting on my own experiences with our family going into confinement and then and then how we kind of navigated those mm -hmm. waters. Just, just what you d you described is, and, and, help, and maybe you can build on this or help me if I, if I don't ha have it perfect, but the idea that you've just described is introducing more opportunities for communication and understanding in the, in the couple. In other words, you, you follow me? Yeah, so I think it's partly that. And I also think it's partly about stepping back a little bit from the immediate practicalities. So I think sure. the trap that many couples fall into, and I also think this applies to mentoring. Oftentimes when we mentor people, we can be tempted to get into those immediate practicalities. Mm -hmm. um, but really those practicalities are the symptom rather than the cause, if I can put sure. it that way. And yeah, I think sure. what this couple did was really step back and say, okay, let's not worry too much about who's on the broadband when or who, you know, who we're helping with homework at what time. Let's yeah. just get back to the real fundamentals and think what we need from each other and how can we give it to each other? Yeah, sure. Um, that's great. And I think, I think, I think that's it. So you could say it's communication. I, I would say there's lots of, couples who communicate all the time and say nothing to each other. Yeah, they were communicating, but it wasn't that they were talking all day. This was a sort of 20 minutes over dinner. Um, yeah. It was about what they were communicating. It wasn't as simple as they were talking. Sure, sure. So we, we just to share my experience, we, once the confinement happened, we have two kids at home mm -hmm. and the immediate thing we needed to figure out was how will both of us work yeah. and still continue to, yeah. And, and the plan that we put in, I remember it was beautiful. I, I loved it. I wrote everything out on paper and said, okay, we're going to mimic what they would experience in daycare or childcare. And after the first day we realized that's not happening at all. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> we made, I remember I probably took maybe 30 to 45 minutes writing it up. And then after 30 to 45 minutes, I realized <laughs> that's never going to work. So we kind of, did say to each other, okay, well, what do we need? How are we going to help each other? How are we going to get through this? Um, so it's, I can definitely uh, appreciate that story. So thanks for sharing it. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit more about mentoring. Have, have you mentored, or maybe you are mentoring someone now, or have you mentored anybody recently? So it's really interesting. And when I knew I was coming on this podcast, I thought, my goodness, do I mentor anyone? Because I think in my relationships with people who I probably think I do mentor, and also in my relationships with people who are who I count as my mentors, the word is never used. And I'm really interested in your take on that. So I have never, with my mentors, called them my mentors. And the people who I 
think I mentor. I've never called me their mentor either, but I think it's that kind of relationship. And and I was I think talking to you is maybe reflect on that. Like, does it need to be named and labeled to be mentoring? I don't know. I don't think technically it needs to be. The most important thing is that those relationships are there. Yeah. And and you can get value out of those relationships. And obviously, depending on the nature of the organization, in large organizations, they might have formal mentoring programs yeah. where where it is it does add value to have the specific relationship yeah. defined. But yes, um, I but, so so yes, I do mentor people, but I'm not sure it's ever named. <laughs> do you can you think of things like positive, negative challenges, or like to when you're mentoring things that you have observed that that maybe worked or didn't work? I've heard of mentors yeah. firing their mentees and things like that. So, no, I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think my I think my two biggest challenges. So I work in a very international, very diverse. And I think it's always easier to mentor someone who's like you, right? Because sure. you, yeah. you know, you connect, there's an ease to it. And I'm very rarely in that position. And so I think I, I'm always very conscious in my mentoring relationships, um, not to make, too, or tr to try, I'm sure I do, but to try not to make too many assumptions about what their ambitions are, what they need, um, because I think the, the biggest danger is to give people what you would have liked to have received, but that may not be what they, <laughs> they would like to receive. So I think especially my, my mentoring relationships where I'm very aware of the difference often between myself and the other person is I try to be very careful to ask them, what do you need from me rather than foisting what I think they need on them? Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Being a, being an active listener and and not trying to uh, oftentimes I don't know about your experiences but you want to be able to help and you off, off, often jump to the solution exactly um, yeah yeah so that's that's very good advice uh, and a good observation yeah and I think and I think um and I think it's very and I'm, I know I do it sometimes so I'm not putting myself up as a shining example but I think if something's worked in your career and you see that's worked, it's very tempting to say, oh, do this, because yeah. you know it's worked for you, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will work for someone else. And I often kind of catch myself doing that and thinking, oh, not the most helpful thing. Yeah, that's that's important, a good, good observation as well. So, so what's in your mind, the, the one best thing that you think you've learned from a mentor, if there is one thing that stands out? Yeah, actually, so this is from, um, as I'll name her, one of my really cherished mentors, Herminio Ibarra. And, um, and she really taught me the value of not doing anything. So I remember early in my academic career, I had lots of things on the go and I was kind of pushing, pushing, pushing. And I remember we met one May and um, and theoretically, academics have kind of July, August with no teaching. But we, we of course, work straight through. And I sure. remember she sat me down. And she said, look, you're in a great position. You really should take time off. Yeah. And um, and that was so helpful for me because I think the temptation when you get on a success role is to go, 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 go. Yeah. But taking that time off is what enables you to recharge and stuff. So, Yeah. Uh, I listen, I, I love taking as much time off as possible. So really good, good tip. So 
just a couple more questions then. Uh, from my standpoint, I you know, you've talked to, we talked about this a little bit, but I'd like to know specifically if there's anything that you feel makes a great mentor. I, I guess the one characteristic of a great mentor is curiosity, because I think the great mentors don't try and impose their will on you, but they really figure out what makes you tick and, and see who you really are and then base their advice and, um, and actions on that. So curiosity in the sense of ask, asking questions, trying to understand more about the person in that respect? Yeah, exactly. And just being genuinely curious, not just about the what what's happening at the moment, but about what makes you as a mentee tick. That's yeah, that's great. And I think this is why we believe it's really important to to spend time to get to know the mentee as well. Um, and it doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, problem solution, problem solution discussion. It can be just, hey, you know, what what do you enjoy in life? What are your values? Um, you know, what are the things that you'd like to achieve in your career and get to know them on a more personal level. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. And curiosity. I did, I'd never really, that's the first time anybody's mentioned curiosity in the context of, of mentoring that I can remember. So, um, that's a great one. Thanks. <laughs> so we'll, we'll close off with an easy last question. We're just really curious to know what's next for you. You've got this great, it's the one year anniversary of couples at work and there's been a lot of great, um, you know, you've been sharing in, in LinkedIn updates from the past few weeks. So anything in particular you're, you're excited about or working on next? Yeah. So what I'm working on at the moment is to home in specifically on working parents. And I'm looking at developing some kind of online masterclasses to really help um, to really help working parents in a very practical way. Think about how to combine their career and being a parent in a in a meaningful way and in a way that enables them to thrive in both roles. So I'll be one of your first customers if if I have the chance <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's been an, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us on your day just before going back into confinement. I know you've got My a lot of, a lot to do. And so just closing out here for everybody listening, remember to follow us on all the usual social media channels and subscribe to our monthly Grass Discovery email via our website, grass.hr. This way you can keep fully up to date with the latest podcast interviews as well as have access to tons of amazing resources to inspire you either as an individual or as a company to join us in redefining mentoring in the workplace.